So on Friday afternoon, I closed my laptop, like that meme that I can't stand. I went to close my laptop till Monday. Closed my laptop, was going to dinner with friends for someone's birthday, ordered my Uber, went outside my apartment, wait for my Uber, and there was a police car at the intersection of my street, blocking. And then another on the other side, and then I looked down, there was a film down the other side, whatever. I was like, what's going on? So I go to the police officer, I'm like, hey, I ordered an Uber, can I, can I like get through here? And he was like, no, you should get your Uber down the other block, or whatever. I was like, okay, well, can I ask, like, what's going on? Like, is the president here or something? Because like every street is blocked. And he looks at me and he goes, no, no, well, a former president. And I go, no fucking way. I immediately canceled my Uber. I confirmed it, it was Donald Trump. And I stood there and I waited with this police officer who, by the way, was actually pretty nice. Um, and <laughs> now I'm going to get canceled for that. And I'm waiting there and here comes by a motorcade with Donald Trump, r- literally right past my apartment. Like, I, it was just surreal that this man was at my front door and the universe was serving him to me. So I asked the police officer where they're going. He was like, uh, they're going to Pat's Steaks, which for those who have never been to Philadelphia is, uh, it's called like Cheesesteak Alley and it's Pat's and Gino's. It's disgusting. Don't ever go there. And um, that's where tourists go to get cheesesteaks. And it's like two blocks from my apartment. So the police officer's like, you should go there now and try and beat them there. But please don't do anything stupid because the Secret Service will shoot. So I ran to Pat's and Gino's, the corner. And immediately did something stupid. I immediately (laughs) saw there was a swarm of people that were like, it was like packed. Like I didn't, I guess it was advertised that he was going to be here. So I run. I stand on top of a a telephone pole pole that was down on the ground to give myself a little elevation because I am famously not 6'2". And I just like see him right there he's literally like 50 feet in front of me getting a cheesesteak and huge entourage of people that he brought with him and then people that are were there and it was pretty half and half of like supporters and non-supporters which was i thought positive because sometimes south philadelphia for those who don't know can get kind of scary this more south you go it's very racist very homophobic very trump country anyway so i immediately just start booing i mean this was friday right this was like the supreme court rulings were happening that day so i was enraged with all of that and i just start screaming at this man um, you know, expletive, suck my dick, go to jail, blah, blah, blah. And there's a moment where we make in this video that I have that we'll post on our page that we make a little bit of eye contact when I was about to give him the middle finger. And that just felt so good to take all of the rages I had had in that day out on actual Donald Trump. It was just like the universe was like, here you go, take this and do what you may with it. And it was fascinating. It was incredible. It was it was an out-of-body experience. There were people, there were these two gay guys behind me that were trying to get up on the, the poles. So I got them up on the pole too. Famously, gay men like getting up on poles. And we get him up on the pole and we're, the three of us are just like gay heckling this man. And it was iconic. Um, so, yeah. So on Friday, I spent the afternoon with Donald J. Trump. I love that for you. Slay, honestly. It was it was it was unreal. It was I, I keep watching the video and just like I, and I, and for those that um, I, I'm going to sound like a conservative now. The Internet is banning me and shadow banning me on TikTok. So I posted the video and it started gaining some traction and then it um, apparently got removed or hidden. So I'm trying to fix that. But it was an experience. And then I texted you guys. What did you react to when I texted Donald Trump is outside my apartment? <laughs> I think we all literally said some version of like, no, wait, what? Like what all whatever we responded with was definitely in all caps. Yeah. I didn't think that it was the real Donald Trump. I thought you saw somebody who was a lookalike no. and we're just saying it. And then I watched the video and at first I didn't have the sound on and I thought you ha- it was like somebody else had gotten because I, I know like Pat's and Gino's is, is right near your apartment, yeah. but I figured it was somebody else's video. Then I turned the sound on and it was your voice <laughs> yelling, fuck you at the president. And I was like, Former. holy shit, it's actually it's actually him. And he's he's in Philly, the place that he famously hates. Hates. 
That's what people, I, I screamed that too. Other people were screaming the bad things happened in Philadelphia. He was here apparently for the Mothers of Liberty event, which is an organization yeah. for Moms for Liberty. I don't know what it's, it's but it was in It's in some Philly. hate group. Yeah, it's a hate group. Mainly, they're again, they're all for banning like, um, CRT and um, gay books and, and talking about gender and all that kind of stuff and they actually formed like less than two years ago and it shows the power my friend said this to me this weekend the power of like labeling your group with mom as like the main word mm-hmm. is like people will gravitate to because like everyone loves mom so if you say or moms against this like moms against drunk driving is great right but that gained a lot of traction too because it's like moms telling their stories of kids that they've lost but like this is the opposite it's like moms against these things that don't even fucking exist but people really clutched onto it and um, anyway, so Ron DeSantis was here as well speaking, but um, I didn't see that man. Crazy speakers. And you're right. It really does show how much this group has popped off uh, just because of the whole manufactured like yeah. um, bullshit around school board meetings and everything. I mean, that's wholly created out of nothing. Yeah. And, and, and also just throwing Liberty in the name. I mean, the more bullshit your group name is, the more I know you're up to some fuck shit. When your organization is named the same name as Meghan McCain's daughter, we know what you're, what's going on there. Her name is Liberty. I'm crying. <laughs> but Meghan McCain's would be fathers against Liberty because she loves her father. <sighs> the, and the irony of that, too, was it was in the city. And I think the moms or the people that run the organization stayed at the Marriott in Center City, mm-hmm. um, which is quite ironic because I woke up there last Sunday in a threesome. So Hopefully in the same room that Donald J. Trump is staying That in. would be so fun. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. Well... Trump went into his hellscape going to Philadelphia, and now we're going to go into our hellscape of the Supreme Court. As you record this, it is Monday, July 3rd, 2023. 90,184 days since the Declaration of Independence was signed. By the way, it was not on July 4th for those that believe it was, just like Jesus was not born on Christmas. Tomorrow, we are supposed to celebrate America. On Thursday of last week, the Supreme Court ruled to gut affirmative action, making it unlawful for colleges to take race into consideration for admissions. The very next day, two more rulings came out. On the final day of Pride Month, they ruled in favor of a business discriminating against someone based upon their sexual orientation. And moments later, struck down Biden's student loan cancellation plan. So basically, they said, you can't be gay, but you can be poor, and you can't be black at our university. So I think I'd rather be alive during the America that existed 90,184 days ago. Sure, I probably couldn't literally be an out and proud gay man, but at least I'd be dead by the age of 31 due to syphilis with our founding fathers that I'd probably call my founding daddies. (laughs) (laughs) Which of the founding fathers do you think was secretly in the closet? Thomas Jefferson. I was Googling this guy's earlier because I was trying to figure this out. Really? Um, I don't know. Thomas Jefferson had slaves, right? Well, most of them did. They all yeah. did. Well, he mar- he, yeah. Well, I was going to say gays would probably have slaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just kidding. We wouldn't. Gay founding fathers. Let's see what comes up. This is my work computer, too. <laughs> Gaydar proves that George Washington was a big queen. That's what this is what comes up. Was one of the founding fathers gay? People say Alexander Hamilton was. That's just Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda? Miranda? Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't know. Anyway, before we dive into any of these new rulings that are limiting rights to Americans rather than expanding them, let's discuss how the Supreme Court is one burning hellscape. Obviously, when Mr. Trump was elected president in 2016, many conservatives hoped he'd do one thing, and that one thing he did do, appointing ultra-right Nazis to the court in place of icons such as RBG. Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Comey Barrett all took over during Trump's run. The right got what they wanted, and now we are seeing exactly that. 
The Queen of Pop, also known as Hillary Clinton, famously tweeted on January 12, 2016, that a Republican president could stack the Supreme Court with justices who will rip away all the progress we've made. I hope the Bernie bros are happy this 4th of July. If Trump could stack the court, then I think Biden should pack the court as soon as possible. One of the major first rulings we saw them strike down was Roe v. Wade almost exactly a year ago, overturning abortion rights. One of just the many new reasons our Supreme Court is a landfill. Erica and Andrew, what do you think are the worst parts of the Supreme Court? What really makes it a hellscape? I think it's just the fact that nine people, for as long as their hearts beat, control every aspect of this country is just absolutely insane. And it's so wild to think that like we as people in democracy have no say over that. I mean, to be honest, none of this would have happened if some of these bitches had just voted for Hillary in 2016. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually get so angry thinking about 2016 because I'm like, this is it. And it makes me scared for whatever is going to happen next. But that is to say that I think that if you need medical assistance to get your genitals prepared for coitus, get off, get off the court. You're fired. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Their genitals stopped working on them. They should retire. I think for, <laughs> first off, I, I don't, stand by I, that. I don't want to think about the genitals of any of those I don't want to go into that. Yeah. No, no. Um, but I, I agree. I think, I think it is that they, they have become just so powerful and the the existence of the Supreme Court makes a whole lot of sense in the overall makeup of our government. But because there's so much gridlock in Congress and in the the executive branch, um, the way things get done in this country has really become the court system. Um, and we're going to discuss some of these cases today, but activist groups are specifically concocting cases or finding cases elsewhere in the country that they can move through the court system and get it to the Supreme Court. That's the goal. It's it's not some organic thing usually. It's it's because an activist group is trying to influence legislation in one way or another. So it's just wildly inappropriate how much power they have now compared to the other two branches yeah. and also how the makeup of the Supreme Court. I mean, there are two black judges now, which is good. Uh, but, no, uh, girl. I don't think there's good. There's well, one black judge. Okay. Okay. So yes. There's, there's one, one black, black judge, judge and a coon. Oh, Kirk wanted say to say it. I was gonna say there's <laughs> one black judge and one whack judge. Actually, there's six whack judges. But if you, if you look at the history of the the Supreme Court, especially in more modern times, its makeup really doesn't reflect the rest of the country. No. And and it, once you get to that age too, I think you're out of touch. And you know what we've seen with Clarence Thomas recently is. And I, I think this probably affects all of them, whether you're you're a liberal judge or, or a conservative judge. Uh, there's a price for Supreme Court justice, and some people are able to pay it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's also crazy, like on, on the flip side, like like Darker's point of like, they literally are there till their heart stops beating. Like we were trying to keep RBG's heart to beat, to stay. Like, we, like that's this other sad part. Like we were like, we need this woman to live, even though she literally can probably not function in any capacity that could be to be a part of the Supreme Court. But we need her to until um, Donald Trump is no longer president. Obviously, that didn't happen. But um, oh, but um, padam. It's not like I said padam, 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 which is it the is. heartbeat song <laughs> by Kylie Minogue. <laughs> 
It is. <laughs> I still don't know what that is. Ba-dum, it's okay. It, that's why we didn't give you the gay rights one. <laughs> but no, I, I will say that like how fucking embarrassing is it that one of the greatest countries on the planet, the foundation of our society and like the access to rights that people have are literally tied to human mortality. There should be nothing that is meant to outlive people. Just student loan debt. Honestly. <laughs> and student loan debt and Clarence too. Thomas. Well, in, in light of this conversation, how what would you do? And we could go on forever about this. Maybe it's like your top thing. And I think we all can agree on the first one. Like, what would you do to change the court system? I think one right is is limits, term limits on Supreme yeah, Court justices. No it's just a given. And I think liberals should all be down for that, too. Like, it should, it should be across the board. Um, I mean, the other one is what it was supposed to be is it's not supposed to be politically influenced. And like it is only politically influenced now, like given the cases that it just saw. Um, But what are other things that you would maybe do? I mean, I know this would be literally an insane suggestion, but also like constitutionally viable. I think it would make way more sense for courts to have representation to also be statewide, like to equal the states, because I think that when you have nine exceptional people, whether that be in a good way or a bad way, representing the entire country. Like, how does that make sense? And then if you actually look at them, they really don't represent much of the country at all. I also think that if I could make one big change, um, I would say pack the courts. Like, yes, it shouldn't be six to three. Like, that is so easy to sway, but it is so much harder to move the opinions of 15, 20, 30 people, you know? What about voting? Like America votes for justices. But like we do it American Isles, American Idol American Idol style. <laughs> they must perform group numbers every week. Um, no, but I don't know. It's just crazy that we also give, we we because you said it's not up to us, but it is indirectly, right? Because we elect the president who then makes this decision. But then it, Ultimately, 100% is going to be political because if we're uh, if we're allowing a Republican president to put justices, they're clearly going to be conservative justices. <laughs> like it's never not going to be political. Well, I think that's a tough part, though, right? Amy Coney Barrett is not. I'm sorry, it's Amy Cummy Barrett, but it's fine. <laughs> I don't think she does. She has a lot of kids. Oh, they're all adopted, though. I think, right? <laughs> some of them are black. They have to be adopted. Yeah, are they? Yeah, some of them are adopted. Yeah, yeah I know she is. Uh, so I think I think she's just however that, many maybe children. Maybe that's Clarence Thomas's son. I mean, anyway. oh my god, allegedly. Before then, the slander comes. I at forgot. Us. I, I when I when I was like I you know because when when Amy was coming coming up on the on the court system, like that was such a big deal, and then I forgot about her. Same thing with Brett Kavanaugh. Like that was such a big deal, and now I'm like I can't believe Brett. Like, Brett there forever. Like, that's the crazy thing. Like, he's just there forever. And he's young. And so is Amy. Yeah. They're young. I do think that the United, like, I do think it would be interesting if the people had say in the confirmation process. Yeah. Um, only because to me, I it's so hard to choose a viable candidate for a Supreme Court position as an everyday human because yeah. these aren't, like, we don't, you don't watch your judges, Right. No one's following judges like politicians. And so I do think it would be unreasonable to say, you know, the American people should decide. That's true. Because I I just don't see people taking it as seriously as they would need to. But I do think that, like, there should be more representation when it comes to confirmation um, of Supreme Court justices and whether or not those confirmations get pushed through. 
I think if I could wave a magic wand and fix one thing, it would be to disband and, and bar the Federalist Society from having any say in our court system, because that's how the conservatives have taken over the entire court system from top to bottom. Obviously, there's more progressive or liberal courts, but there's a lot of Federalist Society members who are sitting on benches all over the country, and Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett are both members or were members of the Federalist Society, which is this kind of shadowy group that nobody ever thinks about or hears about that recruits people in law school and and they basically groom them to to reach those courts and that's what happened with amy coney barrett she had almost no experience as a judge before making it to the supreme court she had like maybe two years actually working as a judge she was a a a law school professor Um, and that's not to say that you're not going to have a good handle the law or whatever she literally taught law but it's it's not at all like a judge that's worked their way up through the court system for a couple decades and then and then became a supreme court member and it, her whole career was engineered by the federalist society to get her to this point and then they're basically just rubber stamping these convictions. I know recently there's been a couple of things that Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett have kind of made surprising decisions on, but they're easy things to make surprising decisions on. They're never going to make a surprising decision on the Supreme Court cases that we're going to talk about today. Like those are the major meat Mm -hmm. of the conservative project. And there's no equivalent on the Democrat side, the liberal side, left side, whatever you want to call it, to the Federalist Society. And, and, the fact that they're able to be out there and strategize for decades mm-hmm. this takeover of the court system is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's just insane that, like, these are things where if, I think if we could go back in time to 2003 and have this conversation with people, they would be like, no, like, that's not happening. That's not true. Like, it almost sounds like it's out of a TV show, like a House of Cards type beat that we're literally training almost elite lawyers to determine the entire pathway that like this country's future takes. Um, unless, unless, unless listeners hear me out, we all rise up and burn this bitch to the ground. I'm just saying it would be so nice. <laughs> no, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I, I, we need to bring assassination culture back. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time we've seen a good one? Uh, I could have done it on Friday. That's what I mean. Like if we were, if we were in a world where that, <laughs> Where are we? Literally, my friends on when I was in New York on Saturday, one of them was like, "Kirk, I didn't want to text you this because I didn't want it in text, but here we are, and I'm putting it on air." Um, <laughs> she was like, "We need to bring back assassination culture." Like, I meant like, like, like half joking, but even to the point of like, I should have thrown my shoe at him. Like, like, what happened to that kind of shit? Now we're doing it to pop stars, we're doing it to BB Rexa. Well, I should have done it to Donald Trump <laughs> on Saturday, on Friday, and I didn't. But I wonder, I would. Do you think I would have gotten shot if I threw my shoe at him? Yes, I mean, definitely would have gotten arrested, Kirk. You I definitely would have oh, at least gotten tackled. You guys, this pop would have blew the fuck up. Number one, <laughs> <laughs> like we would be on CNN right. These talking heads I'm looking at would be CNN right now. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly, <laughs> fuck, Kirk, you bitch. But it is true. Like we don't. We used to live in like a. Anyway, that's not. I'm not saying we should assassinate people, but. I mean, that is to say to the FBI agent who may be listening to this, please understand that Kirk and I are so poorly built for the penal system that I'm pretty good for the penal system. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 
uh, we are anyway. though. Please don't, please don't take like us. we couldn't, we we wouldn't do it because we know that we could not handle the consequences. Like not even a second of the consequences. But most people couldn't because we're all bitches. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, I think we should start going into the ruling. So we'll be right back with um, affirmative action with Erica. That's our news segment. <laughs> affirmative action with Erica. Is the fact that we're letting her go first affirmative action? Uh, yeah. Oh my God. First of all. I would like the listeners to know that I didn't know that I was going to get affirmative action. Like, I didn't know for a fact. When Kirk sent us the, like, outline, I was like, I am going to have affirmative action. Mainly because Andrew is white, even though he's getting student loans and that bitch didn't go to college. So I don't know what the fuck this is. (laughs) None of this applies to me. Yeah, Andrew is so unaffected. All right, so the first ruling that came out this week was unfortunately around affirmative action. Um, first and foremost, I'm, I want to explain what is affirmative action. By definition, it's a policy aimed at increasing workplace and educational opportunities for people who come from underrepresented backgrounds in various areas of society. In higher education, it's aimed at bringing more diversity to college campuses and creating an equal opportunity for those who normally wouldn't have the opportunity that let's say a Caucasian, uh, like my fellow host, (laughs) uh, would have. So by acting affirmative action, there's, there's no equality. Um, and if there's, and if there was, we wouldn't need affirmative action in the first place. Right. Which is such a hard concept for people to understand, but hell, if we're going to inevitably eliminate affirmative action, could we at least have done it prior to allowing Clarence Thomas to benefit from it. Um, Which is so funny because like, I know to hear if Clarence Thomas is listening to this podcast, hearing that he benefited, like the insinuation that he benefited from affirmative action would literally put him into a death spiral. Um, So I really hope he listens. I mean, that man is married to a white woman. I mean, listen, we do listeners have a coon episode in the future i i think i'm sick that week (laughs) (laughs) it's just gonna be clips of uncle ruckus playing i don't think it could be a part of that episode but thank you Uh, kirk you love candace owens (laughs) i do if we could get her on litter that is my dream guest it'd be so fun she's dumb enough to do it So back to affirmative action. Honestly, Candace Owens is a sign of affirmative action in the workplace. Now you're like talking about affirmative action being bad. (laughs) This is really not helping the cause. We're not mad that Clarence Thomas benefited from affirmative action, but like we need, we we need affirmative action. Yes. But wait, speaking of Candace Owens, she did like, obviously went some crazy Twitter storm. I can't speak today. Some crazy Twitter storm after the affirmative action ruling came out. And then I saw a funny tweet that was basically like, uh, back in 2000, whatever, um, when Candace was in high school, she like sued her high school for like a racial thing against her, which is like funny because now she's all about that, against right. that now. Yeah. And that's that's how she kind of got started down this political path. I love talking about this story because it is just so insane that that is where she started and this is where she is now. And if you look up the facts of the case, she had legitimate standing. She was yeah. racially bullied. Mm-hmm. by some white male students and she got a settlement out of it from from the school as she should have because the facts of the case it's you know pretty bad 
what these kids did and said to her. Um, and, and now she's fighting against all that. It's like a mini version of Clarence Thomas because all of these systems that well, he's she's now also married to a white person. Down, that, <laughs> yes, not that I'm yes. against interracial marriage. <laughs> yeah, Kirk but, wants it. Uh, he just wants... <laughs> Okay, next. He just wants interracial relations. I will marry anybody, okay? Well, any man. Well, <laughs> okay. that's not true. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. But yeah, she basically, no, she, she can't fathom the fact that racial discrimination is happening to other people. It only can happen to her. Yeah, I don't know how you can live your life like that. Like, that's the beginning of your story, and now you've built this whole insane conservative grift on top of that. Yeah. And with Clarence Thomas, like, he benefited from all these systems, you know, um, not that long ago, he would not have been able to marry his wife. I think soon enough he's not going to be able to marry his wife because he's going to overturn it. And it's gonna I be mean, very if he keeps going household. at this no, pace, he's, he's going to repeal that too. In fact, didn't he say he wanted to repeal that decision? He did make a comment. Yeah, something we could find. It, something something that. to that degree, yeah. Basically saying like, oh, maybe we should really leave this out like to the States. Anyway, back to me. Yes. The Negro. I, I think this whole argument around affirmative action is so funny. I often think about um, the situation that I was in. This girl that I was friends with at the time was living on campus at Villanova because she was doing one of those internship things at Vanguard. And her roommate was awful. And I remember she said, I just don't think it's fair that people who didn't perform as well as I did automatically get a better shot at going to school because of their ethnicity and i just remember like i did not know this girl well like i literally met her that day and i just remember thinking like i said it out loud i said well the difference is that you got where you are with the whole world helping you every resource available every tutor whatever you wanted and you only did well enough to get to like a public school. Whereas there is someone who probably had a third of the resources you had, honestly, probably more working against you. And we should recognize the fact that when you are a person of color, you are battling against things that are so beyond your control that that should be considered for college admissions. And what I find so funny about the ruling is they actually state that A, affirmative action can still be implemented when it comes to military hiring. And B, if a student writes an essay in their application that refers to how their experiences as a person of color might have affected them, um, that can be considered. Yeah. So there's two parts to that. First, I think it's so funny that like, if we can get people of color in the military will do anything to do it. And it's just like affirmative action works when we need cannon fodder, but not when we need fucking doctors. Um, and two, how can you say that we shouldn't consider race in the application, but we should if it's volunteered in the essay portion of like, is that not within the application? The opinions around it are so colored in ignorance that they're not even like the arguments aren't well formed. It's so fascinating on top of that, that we've seen these arguments before. And I've said it earlier, if you did not vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016, then you ain't black. Calm <laughs> down, Biden. <laughs> Shut up, Sleepy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, if you didn't vote for HRC in 2016, this is on fucking you. All of this is absolutely on you because affirmative action was brought up against the Supreme Court in 2016 and the Supreme Court decided to continue to uphold it. And so it's not that this battle is new and you're going to see it in everything that we talk about. These are not new battles. People have been fighting tooth and nail for this for decades. As soon as something is codified by the Supreme Court, someone else is already trying to fight it. And we see it today in a way of, you know, trying to restore rights. But previously, it was kind of in reaction to having those rights taken back away. Um, But that is to say that these fights are not new. These battles are not new. These arguments are not new. What is new is the landscape of the body that gets to decide how that's perceived. The American people have not, by and large, have shifted, you know, opposite of where the Supreme Court is going. And so I am very curious to see what kind of comes after this. Let's take politics way more fucking seriously than we have in the past, because it shouldn't take people who are struggling in a world that hates them for something that they didn't fucking choose to be stripped of rights that we've been fighting for for generations, not years, not decades, generations. It shouldn't take those people losing their rights for people to realize, oh, shit, this has a cause and effect. Um, And I think with affirmative action, it's one of those things that unfortunately we won't see the worst of it until it's too late. Really, the only thing we have going for us is we are already absolutely decimating our planet. So by the time we would feel the impacts, we probably wouldn't have any planet left to be on. This is just going to be another blister that fucking festers. We are going to feel it for generations and generations unless Biden packs the fucking court so we can get this shit right again. I mean, also, I think people don't understand, like, affirmative action doesn't take away your spot as a white person in, in college. And that's that's how it's marketed. It's marketed as if I apply to school and I am black, then I put on my application that I am black. And therefore, that adds like 100 points to my resume. That is, that's not what happens. It just puts you at, at a place where you wouldn't be because you are black, which is stupid because that shouldn't be a thing. Like, it's just, it, it, yes. it's not, it doesn't, it's nothing to do with someone's ability in school. If Eric and I are going to apply to the same school and I have like a 4.0 and she has a 2.0, just because she's black, she's not going to get in. Like, that's not right. a thing. Like, that's not, that's not Okay, first and foremost. I know, you're going to fucking run that. We knew we were going to say this anyway. <laughs> this is all hypothetical. But I think people don't understand. They think like, if therefore, if 100 black people apply and 100 white people apply, all the black people are going to get in. That's just right. not the truth. It's not what happens. Listen, and I can speak from somebody that transferred three times in undergrad and smoothly got into all of them with a subpar GPA. And no black people were taking my spots. I smoothed <laughs> right into each fucking school. Okay, so everyone needs to relax. You're going to see less diversity, which is what these people want. They want yes. less diverse. And it's not even just about, I mean, diversity is important, but it's also just about opportunity for people that wouldn't get the opportunity is what it's really about. But on top of that, it's about diversity of thought amongst people that come from different places. And that was not encouraged or mm-hmm. wanted when universities were created. That's why we have universities that are historically black, because they, they weren't able to go anywhere else. And thank God we have them now, because at least people could still fucking go there. I mean, here's what I'm going to say. And Andrew, I would love to hear your thoughts on this aspect of the argument, too, is we're not even talking about the affirmative action that does impact white people, which is mm-hmm. legacy admissions. It's just insane to me that, you know, we can say, oh, race shouldn't be a factor. I don't see color. But you bitches can sure see a fucking dollar sign in, a, in the right last name. You can see a last name. Yeah. Andrew is someone who is neither a dollar sign or a last name. Or you can see pictures of 
moms photoshopping their child on a um, rowing machine. Iconic. Iconic. You know what? You know what? I will say, sorry to the white listeners, that was some nigga type hustle because the way... (laughs) And Becky, and Becky Juby, you know. Like, literally the way I know people in distance part of my families who would 100% pull a grift like that. (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. It's it's creative. We'll give her that. The thing about this for me is all the decisions we're going to talk about, they couch them in terms of, you know, this is just about meritocracy or this is just about freedom of speech. And taken in a vacuum without any other factors considered, you can look at affirmative action and say this is giving one group a leg up over another group or this is discriminatory. But they don't want you to look at the context around all of this that, you know, decades and decades and decades of being black in America and coming from a history of being owned as property and all of the other things and challenges and barriers that have held black people back throughout the whole history. Anytime that that black people started getting ahead in one way or another, for instance, Black Wall Street, it gets taken away from them. And that just puts them farther and farther behind. And you mentioned legacy admissions erica and that is so true why is there a legacy because at one point these schools were really only admitting white people and that built up that legacy and i was looking some of this stuff up at an article i found on pbs at harvard which released years of records as part of the lawsuit that ended up before the supreme court legacy students were eight times more likely to be admitted and nearly 70 percent were white so to point out that the schools that do have a affirmative action program or affirmative action policies, they're very few compared to all the schools in America. And they're generally the most selective or the most desirable schools. Um, ones that because of like things like legacy admissions, you may never have a shot of getting in there. And the legacy system is, is not going to change. So they're always going to say that ending affirmative action is just about meritocracy and just about you just need to be good enough you just need to work hard enough and you will get in as well but some fail son of some rich dude who went to harvard whose grandfather went to harvard whose great grandfather went to harvard are going to get in almost automatically because somewhere on campus something is named for his last name or because his parents and their parents donate so much to the school Mm -hmm they're going to get in and they're you know if it's all about sat scores or act scores or 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 the essay you write then then you should end the legacy admissions but it's not about that at all no and that's the thing and again i think where this whole thing is just so clearly bullshit to anyone who has eyes is we kept legacy admissions there's nothing calling that out and so clearly it's not about leveling the playing field it's just you know quote unquote keeping the right spaces for the right people and that is why if you are a stellar black athlete you should go to an hbcu because i know that that is a small push that is coming up in the sports world and i would love to see hbcus kind of hit their stride Okay, also, just don't go to college. College is fucking fake. Like, like, like I put at the end of this, college is fake. Okay, it's literally all fake. I think about it all the time. 
listeners, please do this for us. If we become so successful that we have to quit our jobs, we all would have gone to call it. Like, Andrew's the only person who... It's fake. Unless you're going to be a doctor, I think it's the only thing you do at college for. I'm serious. Like, that's a whole other tangent. I could go, we could go in the hellscape of higher education. I mean, there's so many schools in Philly that a Cabrini or one of the Easter, one of them just is closing. A bunch of them are all the ones, all these ones in the, in the suburbs. In the yeah, mainline I, are closing. I know someone just and, like, got Villanova's, bought out by St. Joe's yeah, or Villanova. Villanova and St. Joe's are going to be these like mega universities because yeah. boomers needed more schools because there were so many of them and now yes. less and less every generation is less people so we're like not needing all these schools that have been created all these private universities that people spend so much fucking money on for nothing but that being said if colleges are going to stay affirmative action needs to come back we're going to talk about colleges again but uh right now let's get gay All of the rulings this past week have been asinine and severely damaging, but the wildest part of this next one is that it is based upon a literal hypothetical story that came from a bigoted graphic designer, and I'm using air quotes there, graphic designer's mind who uses Canva to make websites that no fucking gay people want anyway. By the way, who is paying a graphic designer to make a wedding website for them? Have you not heard of thenot.com or Zola? Because I'm not married and I have fucking heard of both of them. And I need to Zola off the next time I go on Zola.com. I don't want to go to your wedding, anyone who's listening to this. But if the Supreme Court is now taking cases based upon hypotheticals, then I'd like to take my case to the largest courts in the land. Guys, I don't know if I want your input on this, but I, I want you guys to listen about my hypothetical case that I want to bring to the Supreme Court. Okay. I'd like to deny that N-word loving country singer Morgan Wallen any more time atop the number one spot on the Hot 100. I believe, I mean, I know for a fact that he bought bots to stream his song that continues to be number one because I, for one, have never heard this fucking song in my life. I cannot go one more week seeing a Hot 100 update where his song is still number one or is the longest song at number one for the year or beating some other record. Can we start banning racist straight people from making music? I've never heard that. Who is that? Really? I had a feeling neither of you would know who he is. I actually do know who he is because... Oh, well, shocking. Andrew's white. yeah, I, it's just built in, but uh, just because I, I did see that in the news, because I remember at the time thinking like how bullshit the whole cancel culture thing is, because he didn't get canceled at all. No. He continues to be like one of the top country stars. It's crazy. Well, the number one artist in the country. Anyway, Wait, I don't, I've never heard the song, but it's been number one for country? 13 weeks. Yeah, Morgan you Wallen. Know, let, me get, let me take this opportunity to say something real fucking quick. If you were still listening to country, you're racist. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, there is no other genre that still in its to this day in modern times even mentions the Confederacy except for country. Yeah. And I will also say anytime I talk about Taylor Swift and someone's like, oh, I really liked her back when she did country. I know they're a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to gay people. This ruling basically says that businesses now can rely on the constitutional right to free speech to refuse to provide services for a same-sex wedding. This is a wildly slippery slope, allowing businesses across the country to deny service to someone based upon their sexual orientation or gender identity. The LGBTQ plus community faces enough illegal discrimination daily from physical harm to psychological threats. We don't need the court now allowing these situations to become legal. It is genuinely terrifying. This won't be the end of the situation. Along with affirmative action, these are signals to our communities that we are under attack. Minorities will continue to be attacked by our government itself. These won't be the final rulings we see turned back against communities of color and the LGBTQ plus community. What does this mean for the future of private practices in medicine? Can a doctor deny the right to see me because I am gay? 
That being said, I believe all gay or queer bars across the country should put up signs that don't allow straight people in based upon their sexuality. You can't benefit from our addictingly fun life and incredible music and culture if you can in the same breath deny us our service. Erica and Andrew, I'm like nervous to ask you guys this question because you both famously hate like multiple parts of LGBTQ plus community. Yes. But what were your thoughts when you saw this ruling come down? I was so excited now. Um, it, it, it was... <laughs> I don't know. It was like when Trump got elected and then we were like, damn, that like really sucks. But you're like, hmm, well, you kind of saw it coming where it was yeah. like because we had already at that point had the stage set set, had the stage set that we were pretty much everything that was going to come out was not going to go the way that it was. We wanted it to go. And I don't think anyone was under the illusion that I think we all had a little bit of time to like mentally prepare ourselves for it. But um Again, like I said, we've seen this before and it's had different outcomes in the past. So it's scary for me because obviously I think everyone is under the same impression that this is going to open up a lot more doors to even more hateful policies. It's all up to the states now, baby. So all you dumb fuck states that don't have... I think right? this, that, that's an incredible point, though, because one of my friends was texting me like when this all happened by one of my group chats of gay people um, were texting about how like we're lucky we live in a city number one but also like in a state that well the state goes lots of different ways but in um being in a city like I, the odds of me being denied my you know business somewhere is is hard for the most part but for people that live like like in the middle of the country in these states that are going to actually you know go against this or go for this um it's scary for people like queer people in those areas um or like in small towns in the midwest and stuff like that that um can be denied service is i think the scarier part because we still live in our little bubbles of a city that I don't think we're going to, it's going to be like, I think it's going to be one of those things now where like, we're mad for a few weeks and we're not going to see any, anything come from it because we're lucky, but it's going to affect a lot of parts of the country that don't really have a voice. Could you imagine if like businesses in cities like Philly or New York stopped like offering services to queer people? They would literally go out of business in like a day. Yeah, you can't, you can. Yeah. And so it is interesting when it's like, I think right now the people, depending on where you live, either you might have you, the people might have power, or the businesses have power. Yeah. Let me tell you a story about being Ooh. denied service. Uh, okay. Last year, my girlfriend and I, both of us straight, were at U Bar for Outfest. Okay. Kirk okay, was late. Shut the fuck up. And we you stood there. Speak, we stood there speak. for fifty minutes. Literally, I watched standing next to a very nice lesbian who was also being denied service by the gay <laughs> okay that's a, real, that's a real thing that's a real thing and neither of us were getting served we were standing there leaning on the bar with money in our hands continuously yeah. getting passed over until kirk showed up and hugged cassie and i and immediately one of the bartenders was overtaking our order which is crazy because normally as you say at you bar especially there are bartenders that, that i think fancy me but in that moment i was wearing <laughs> a disgusting like blue dress like i was like i was in drag but not like it was not drag it was it's offensive to drag queens to say i was in drag i was just wearing like a wig and horrible makeup <laughs> and this really weird t-shirt dress that my friend has that i always wear anyway and i still got <laughs> i still got more attraction attention than andrew but that is a real thing i that is a real thing but i don't give a fuck now like i would like the gay bars <laughs> to continue to fucking do this well, do not allow straight people to fucking I come in i understand your plight no, I think it's stupid. Like, I do get mad when I bring my straight friends to a gay bar in those circumstances, and they're like, oh, like, they only serve yeah, the gay person. Yeah. I don't know. But, but, jo I get it, but joking aside, joking aside, I think this is like the affirmative action thing where they're saying it's about free speech. And 
objectively to me, and I think to all of us on this podcast, obviously, and to most people in America, it is wrong to deny people service when you are participating in being part of the public at large. Where could you draw the line? Where could you stop saying you'd service certain people? Can a queer person who owns a business deny service to somebody who is an evangelical Christian? Also, also, you know, the scary part of that, I thought about this recently, like if someone did do that, if someone did do that, a queer person, like, I'd be scared that that person who's getting denied would like pull their fucking gun out and shoot you. Like, seriously, like if you're like, if a queer yeah. person in their business is, says to the wrong straight evangelical person that owns a gun. Being part of the LGBTQ plus community is a protected class in America, as it should be. It's similar to affirmative action in that, um, yeah, straight people are not a protected class because for generations and generations and generations that was the default and anyone else was either forced to not be themselves hide in the closet or were horribly violently discriminated against so this is just trying to bring some equity to our society and you know there's so many different ways that an owner of a business can discriminate against people who come in in, in various ways. And, and this is just all about this woman. Basically, she she decided she's going to start doing wedding websites. She claims she serves queer people with other types of websites she builds, but specifically won't do it for wedding websites. She wanted to put this notice on her site saying, I'm doing wedding websites now, but I will not offer that service to same-sex couples. And then she realized that in Colorado, where she lives and operates this business, um, they have anti-discrimination laws that say you can't do that. So she partnered up with this activist group, the Alliance Defending Freedom, which is this nonprofit organization that's all about finding these court cases um, where they can basically advance these evangelical Christian nationalist causes. And she partnered with them, and they they started working it through the court system. And of course she lost at every single step until mm -hmm. she got to the Supreme court with this. And they said, it's okay because this is infringing upon her freedom of expression. And, and this is one of those cases where somebody's going to end up unhappy and there isn't a really clear cut way of looking at it. Like, like, yes, this is discriminating against her freedom of expression to say, I don't like, serving same-sex couples because of my beliefs and the people on the right are saying well this is the government compelling speech no not really but it is the government saying that you cannot say certain things or or you have to serve people but on the same token this is against a minority group that is a protected class for a reason in one way it's very clear-cut you shouldn't be allowed to do this on the other hand, I understand how this is kind of a gray area when it comes to, you know, where does one person's rights end and another's mm -hmm. begins? Where is the harm being committed? And here you are as a gay person trying to get a website made. Um, you may have no idea who the person on the other end of this transaction is. Are they a Christian that doesn't believe that you should be able to get married? You don't know. You're just trying to get a website done. You're just trying to get married. You're just trying to do what everyone else is able to do. And on the flip side, here is somebody who has chosen a religion for themselves mm -hmm. that says that gay people, I mean, in her interpretation of it, there are Christian denominations that don't have a problem with this. So 
her interpretation of it is just that queer couples should not get married. Um, so she made that choice where on the other end of this is, is an identity that is not a choice. I think the craziest part is, yes, fuck this woman. Like, I think the, 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 like, obviously we fuck her, but like, I can't believe the court just took this up. Yes. Based on nothing. That's the crazier part to me is that like, yeah, this woman exists. This woman exists in millions of people. But like the fact that the court was like, yeah, this one sounds like a good one to take and then deny other. They, they denied another um, one the other week around um, that a trans person brought up um, that I forget. I, I, I have to figure out what it was about again, but they didn't they didn't they didn't want to hear it like they, they deny die all, all week mm-hmm. long. They don't listen to fucking people that actually should be listened to. And then they listen to this. That's what I think is the scarier part of, of the court. Well, this is again that conservative project yeah. of legislating through the court system. That's what the whole you know, you're, yeah. this this case was filed in 2016, so yeah. it's been out there for years. You know, it's coming up to the Supreme Court. That's the whole reason why the ADF is attached to this and moving it through the court system. Likely, if it was just this woman, she would have gone to court in Colorado and and it would have died, but. There's a group behind it, and it's all tied together with the Federalist Society and conservatism at large. They're able to move these things up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court basically rubber stamps it. Yeah. Well, the conservative members of the Supreme Court yeah. do anyway. Right. Could you imagine just writing a dissenting opinion? Like We should. I'm like, my, my brain is going right now. Like We need to create something. Girl, I, We're gonna do it. I don't have the eloquence to write a dissenting opinion. You're that fucking woman. Like, what? What? Oh, you're saying? Oh, sorry. I thought I was listening. I thought you meant we should come up with a case to bring to the Supreme Court. Girl, <laughs> that's where my mind's going, and we're gonna we're gonna come up with some. I'll brainstorm tonight. Yeah, I'm being discriminated against in my own fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's what you brought to the Supreme Court? Honestly, white men can't make podcasts no mo. <laughs> that I. Why actually am support. I saying no mo? <laughs> This is like the last specifically this just is, Kirk. Can't this is make like two episodes anymore. ago when you start speaking in Jamaican accent. <laughs> Wait, one. I am thrilled to be able to talk about something I have no idea about because I didn't go to college, but that's what this whole podcast is about is us just fucking talking out of our asses. No, we actually did research for this. The final case that we want to talk about, which came out on Friday is uh, student loan forgiveness was blocked by the Supreme court. This is a campaign promise from Biden. Um, This was a big part of his platform. It was something that he was really trying hard to push through and, I'm sure we could have a lot of different criticisms for Biden. I certainly do. But this is one thing that his administration was consistently working towards and trying to make happen, which would benefit millions and millions of Americans. So since the prior two rulings have quite literally no bearing on my life, I was given the ruling on student loan forgiveness, which also has no bearing on my life because (laughs) I was homeschooled from the age of five until now now uh, andrew no. is still being homeschooled by his mother as we speak she spanks no, him he's actually being homeschooled by cats <laughs> <laughs> she spanks him too okay i will I was like, i wrote i wrote the outline for this and i wrote this but i'm just reading yeah. right now that's, no, why, I, uh, that's why he's pausing just one just one correction i was homeschooled my entire life although i did take uh classes at a community college uh for yeah. my senior year but that's, that's neither here nor there i was basically homeschooled my whole life um I am still technically a sophomore in high school, and my girlfriend is now my teacher. I would like to say, though, that um, 
this is the first time I'm reading this. Like I prepared I notes because I knew what the rulings were, but um, I didn't actually read what Kirk wrote here. Um, they, I'm I'm actually very pleased, and this is a gift to me because this is the first time that they've admitted I'm still a young man. Oh, that I did is not true. say that. Oh, you're just saying I was just held back. I get it. You're yeah, still a like, sophomore in high school at the age of 33. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's 34. your highest degree of education. You're still Benjamin Button. Don't get that yeah, twisted, yeah, bitch. Yeah. I mean, it basically is my highest level of education. So, you know. <laughs> Kidding aside, President Biden proposed a plan to cancel student loan debt, which was a big campaign promise he ran on, but most likely will never achieve due to this ruling. And because who knows how much he really wants to do it anyway. <laughs> and SCOTUS decided to strike it down. There are currently 43.6 million borrowers with federal student loan debt averaging a debt balance of $37,717. So a plan to alleviate unnecessary student loan debt would help a large part of our country. Um, something like 92% of all college loan borrowers uh, are getting federal loans. So the overwhelming majority of uh, people with college debt have federal loans. Um, so it's not like it's just helping a small group of people. It's helping an enormous group of people, um, basically most college educated people. So a plan to alleviate unnecessary student loan debt would help a large part of our country, but that is not enough for the Supreme Court unless Clarence Thomas's sugar daddy wants to use up some of his funds <laughs> to help in the effort. I kindly like Clarence and the five other justices who continue to drive this country further and further back in history to jump into the Ocean Gate vessel and keep going deeper and deeper until they end back up in 1776. <laughs> Period. Honestly. Eat them up. Eat them up. The way that thing probably compressed so quickly, they probably did travel at the speed of light for a split second. Stop. You know I'm jealous of that. I would like to put my student loan debt in that vessel, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is just wild because there is a a total of $1.6 trillion worth of federal student loan debt out there. And, and Biden's plan wasn't even to cancel all of it. It was to cancel about $430 million. So not even half, more like a third-ish, less. But it would still benefit so many people so much because so many people are saddled with so much debt. Biden did vow that his administration will continue to work on debt relief in other ways now that this pathway has been closed for them. So I'm hopeful that they'll be able to come up with something. But at the same time, I don't know what other options would be available because they likely yeah. took the, the most sure route to begin with. So whatever other things they could do now, is it's probably... A long shot and and i don't even know why they would strike this down because the student loan industry is enormous and and as soon as there's any kind of insurance industry or loan industry around something the prices just can just go up and up and up again people who grew up decades ago are making these legislative decisions and the public line that the right wing is taking is this is going to be unfair to people who worked through college and paid off their debts or paid off their debt after school in one way or another. Mm. And and that is, again, crazy to me because there are these natural imbalances throughout life. Mm -hmm. And it's not a good or yeah. a bad thing. It's just the way things shake out. So why would we not want to help other people? It's, it's like if your neighbor's house is on fire and the fire department comes and puts it out, would you complain about the fact that you're not getting a benefit from the fire department at that moment thank you it's I'd just probably suck one of the firemen oh, well, 
Okay. And and the whole point behind that is, you know, these are people, you know, our parents, our grandparents, they were able to go to school and they went to school at a time when it was coming more and more important for people to go to school. That's a legitimate way to get ahead. You got a degree, you could get a better job instead of working as a blue collar worker, you'd work as a white collar worker, you'd move up. And now that that's, that's not really the case anymore. I'm working in a white collar field um, at a company without a degree. Other people that I work with don't have degrees. Some do. Um, we'll talk shit on college all the time. Like I think it's important for people to go to trade schools. We don't have enough people in trades. Um, I don't think there should be this culture of everybody needs to go to college no matter what. Since the early 1970s, the average cost of yearly tuition has increased 1,473%, while the federal minimum wage has only increased 353%. So wages have been, since that time, almost flat, but mm-hmm. the cost of college goes up and up and up. And, and that's not just tuition, that's factoring in books and mm-hmm. food and an apartment, a place to live, dormitory, whatever. And the amount of time you would have to work at minimum wage is over 50 hours a week to be able to pay for the average cost of school. And that's the average cost of school. That is not going to a more expensive private institution. That is not going to maybe the school that you think is ideal for the career you want or ideal for you. It just removes so much choice, which America is all about freedom and choice, right? Um, from people to not be able to go to these the schools that they want or starting out life with this gigantic anchor just just dragging them down. But I do believe that this does say a lot about where the Supreme Court stands when it comes to the side of the American people, because yes, there's dissenting voices, but by and large, you know, the numbers show that most Americans do support the forgiveness of student loans. So this is just a complete unnecessary blow to the American people levied on us by the Supreme Court. And there's nearly 40 other countries in the world that offer free college and more countries than that that have heavily subsidized or way cheaper college. And if we're legitimately the best country in the world and the richest and the richest, then we should be giving people free college. We say it's the way to get ahead. We say that we need an educated populace. But we're shooting ourselves in the foot, really. Like conservatives are going to complain all the time about jobs leaving the country, jobs going overseas. And and that is true to a large extent. We'll talk one day about how it's capitalism and conservatism that put those jobs overseas in the first place. Um, and there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with other countries having those jobs or or manufacturing stuff for us. But why would the conservatives not want that brain power and, and that ability here in this country? We just can't compete anymore. And I, I think that's going to be the thing that conservatives really don't see is I remember I, I really wanted to move abroad and I was looking at job postings abroad to be accountants. Our certification is CPI, Certified Public Accountant. That is almost optional here. Abroad, it is like mandatory, like entry level. You don't get that. And so that is to say that they have these higher standards because there's higher standards of education throughout their entire childhood. To your point, I, I don't think we're going to be able to compete unless you're just putting yourself into crazy amounts of debt. And not for nothing, some of those people abroad are studying things that they care about, um, things that they're passionate about. And I think, you know, there are probably kids out there who would love to study biology and who would love to, who could potentially find the next year for cancer. But with 
the way that wages are hitting and the way that college is costing, that's just not going to happen. And we really are just completely choking ourselves out of resources. And then on top of that, it's not always easy to get resources from abroad, too. So I, I do think that, you know, we're going to see a lack of things we need, like doctors and dentists and veterinarians. Um, and we're just going to have a whole bunch of people who are going into options that don't require that degree of education, which is still necessary, but we still need those other things, too. So I can't wait for society to collapse. It's going to be great. And I want to point out that at once upon a time, conservatives were all for some kind of debt relief. I'm mean, During the pandemic, here's an article from the Gateway Pundit praising President Trump for waiving interest on all student loans held mm-hmm. by federal agencies. And here they are in March of last year criticizing Biden for not doing enough to relieve debt. Biden quietly forgives student loans for government workers, but millions of others remain crushed by student debt. They're here calling the student debt problem a crisis and saying Biden isn't doing enough. And then when he actually goes forward with rolling out debt relief, because, of course, as the executive branch, he has a lot more ability to fix this for federal workers than he does the non-federal workers. So they they got relief for federal workers first. And then once they moved to doing it for everybody, all of a sudden it's a problem. So it just shows how disingenuous this is that on one hand, they're, they're calling it a crisis and they're, they're criticizing Biden for not doing enough. And then on the other hand, a year later, they're saying that all of this is so bad and you know, it's unfair to people who pay off their loans. One of the other lines that they always say is like, oh, it's because you're just getting some bullshit degree. You're getting underwater queer basket weaving and other stupid fucking bullshit that they say like that. And like you mentioned, Erica, college shouldn't be just about that. It shouldn't be Mm -hmm. just about going and getting a degree in something you really don't like so you can just grind out a career for 60 years generating shareholder value. I mean, I know that that's what we want in this country, and that is what we're told is our only purpose in life is to basically create shareholder value and exist to do that. But you should be able to go to college and just get a degree in something you're interested in, get training or education in something. Yes, you can use college as a tool to further your career or start a career or get better at something in life, Um, but you should also be able to use it as just a tool for education for education's sake. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're seeing those boomers uh, do that. They go back to school now that there's these senior programs, you know, they're not degree granting programs or whatever, but they're able to go to the same classes for way, way, way cheaper and enrich their lives. They should be able to do that, but so should everybody else yeah. as well. Um, it's just, just fucking crazy making. Crazy making. I never heard that before. I, I like have that. that thought too. I think crazy you just made it up. Yeah. I think I like it's a homeschooling I, term. I didn't actually make that up, but uh, I have heard making. it. I have heard it. Well, that being said, before we depart, I have a little game, a tiny game, a quick game. Judgment time. All right, Erica and Andrew, we're going to play a game. What would the following judges that I'm about to name, not Supreme Court justices, not judges in government, but celebrity judges. Yes. What do you think they would rule on these three? We could either do this as like all three as a package because I think that the same people would rule the same things in all of them. But if you want to call out certain things, if like this specific person actually would really, really hate this one or like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's based upon affirmative action, student loan forgiveness and um, the gay one. <laughs> and I do want to say that the last time we played a game, which was what was the name of it, Kirk? Uh, gay icon, straight icon or bicon? 
we definitely got some heated feedback from people who disagreed with our assessment. And let me just say that we stand by our assessments, but please send us that hate mail. We would love to know how wrong you are. Period. Okay. So first one, what would this person rule on these rulings? We think Randy Jackson from American Idol. Oh, um, he's pro affirmative. At- he's with us. You, you know? think? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I'm trying to find out. Like, I'm trying to like, go back to my brain and think of moments that he sucked. But like, I think he would. You came up empty. I came up empty. Um, Andrew, do you know who that is? <laughs> no. What? You know, Randy Jackson is one of the iconic original American Idol judges, but he's also like a music producer. Uh, bass player. Um, I think he played with Journey. I Girl, have never get it together. I've Remember never when watched. people always say like that's a no for me dog? That's from Randy Jackson. That's Randy Jackson. Oh, that's Randy Jackson. Okay. Yeah. I know okay, him from well, the GIF. The GIF. It's a GIF. <laughs> no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We have to move forward. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. Simon Cowell. Oh, I know who that is. Well, the oh. same the same person. <laughs> I, I think he's voting no on he's voting against affirmative action. Yes, absolutely. You really think? A little bit, yeah. We'd have to go back and see his critiques of black contestants on Idol. But No, maybe. I just think that he's one of those people where like anything that he feels like gives people a fair chance, he's against. I think he'd be against, um, or he'd be for the discrimination of gays. Because I feel like going back, I feel like he was never supportive of anyone who was gay on American Idol. Clay Aiken. I don't think he was supportive of Clay Well, I, I, I do want to say, no, I think he, I mean. he would no, view yeah. affirmative action as not fair. So he would and say, I think he, he, I feel he like would, he's like, pull, yeah, yeah. He would say that it's actually making things fair. Removing I'm picturing like affirmative action. affirmative action as like a thing on the American Idol stage, and and he's like, <laughs> he's like judging it. You know what? You know what? Let's make that how the Supreme Court works. That's how we're going to fix the Supreme Court. Oh, that'd be Televise so fun. it and turn it into a, a okay. whole spectacle. Paula Abdul. Oh, she's pro everything too. I don't, girl, I don't think she stands on any of that. That woman. Yeah, that's <laughs> real. You know what? No, you could ask for her. The gays. She's for the gays. But you could look her dead in the eye and ask her about student loans and she'd be like, is that she like would a say, problem? This, is what, this was her go-to all the time whenever she was critiquing women. She was like, you look so beautiful tonight. Like, really, the first thing she would say. Yes. So if student loan popped up, they'd be like, oh, you look so beautiful tonight. All of your interest rates, everything. I love them. Um, okay. <laughs> Judge Janine Pirro. <laughs> no on all of it. Hard <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, obviously. Like, duh. I mean, okay. Judge Judy. Ooh. Honestly, I think yes on gay. She's pro-gay, anti-affirmative action, anti-student loan forgiveness. I think she'd be for student loan forgiveness. I do. She, I don't know. She was always... Um, Does she really she have was, forgiveness in her the, spirit like that? She was for the people, but I could see her being racist, maybe. <laughs> She's for the people so long as they're not. So long oh, as they're white. She's for the white people. Uh, yeah, all these all these people think they're not being racist when they do this. They think they're so helpful when they do like, what? When they say that affirmative action is bad, because oh, that's oh, that's right, the other right, thing right. they say is they're like, oh well, then you know you're always gonna have that cloud hanging over you if you get in because of affirmative action. Do you think you really belong? And it's like if you make it all the way through and you've got your four year degree, like you fucking yeah, belong. Bitch. You think I give a shit? Yeah. Let that cloud sit over me. I'll keep myself dry with my fucking Harvard degree. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Katy Perry, because she's on American Idol now. Oh, yeah, I forgot. No, not uh, that anyone answers it. She's definitely pro. I mean, she did have that song, You're So Gay. Yeah, that was. No. Oh, yeah, she did. You're she's for the gays. So yeah. gay. She's for the gays, but I don't know anymore. I don't think the gays are for her. Like, I, I, have a, I, I need a bop. She's no bops lately. 
Do you think it's true that if you end up as a, a judge on a talent show that uh, you're kind of being put out to pasture as a celebrity? Used to be. No, I think it used to be. I don't think it is anymore, but I think it used to be a hundred percent. Like people wouldn't take jobs on Idol because of that, that worry. Yeah. But I think now I don't, I don't think so as much, but we're putting her out to pasture anyway with her student loan debt if she has any. Um, Howie Mandel, America's Got Talent. Oh, he's, he's, he's pro the people. He is As long as they don't touch him because you know, he has that phobia. He's a huge germaphobe. <laughs> that phobia germs i can respect yeah, that phobia you can't touch it um i think he'd be pro everything too he's always seemed kind of nice um <laughs> judge joe brown oh yeah i don't really know who he is but he was on the list pro affirmative action know. well yeah i think so too i don't know about gays i know i gotta do some research i guess but i'm gonna say for judge joe brown like i feel like student loans is a toss-up it's a huge toss-up on that one i would say like 50 50 uh-huh. depending on like if he's like sleeping with a young intern with debts or not um. <laughs> that's a rumor <laughs> oh you should have put somebody on this list that i would recognize like uh judge dread or something who the fuck is that who the fuck is that it's like a marvel character like what he's a comic book character but no he's not he's oh, not marvel wow, was close. from what comic book judge dread he had his own oh. own series does he like show up? Like, what universe is he? Like, who's he? It's all totally separate from any other comic. Oh universes. no, okay, so we it's even like an indie it. comic book. Like, that is like so fucking lame. Stupid. Okay, but Pierce he's a Morgan. judge. Pierce Morgan. Oh, he's Pierce Morgan. Talent. He's anti-gay. Yes. He's anti-affirmative action, yes. and he's anti-student loan forgiveness. 100%. Oh yeah. There's no question. Hundred percent. And he's pro going to hell because that's exactly where he's going to be. Literally, he's the worst. I'm pro not giving that man a platform ever again. I know. How about the recent interview where he's speaking to that woman from was an OnlyFans? Yes, so, so amazing. I literally was just like, brother, you brother. thought you did something. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, okay, we got two more. Nicki Minaj, who was on Idol for a minute. Um, Nicki is pro gay. Uh, I She's don't know. She's pro pedophile. That's all I know. She Trini Dem Gans. Uh, no, you can't. We can't say that unless. Well, it's, she is, I believe. Is it confirmed? Um, I don't know. Pro pedophile. I'm pro pro. Assault. Yeah, that's uh, that rapper uh, six she's nine. Pro, she's pro bops. No, her, no, she's, her brother. Either her brother. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, her oh brother. yes, yes, yes. But also that rapper six nine. She did a music video with him after yeah, he got yeah, out of prison. Yeah, her honestly, brother, her brother, and then her husband. Yeah. So this is a pattern. There's three men in her life who have done sexual things with underage girls we should do a hellscape the hellscape of Nicki minaj do you really want the barbs i think coming the barbs after would us? come at us the yeah. barbs are the most terrifying group after the swifties yeah but are they going to give us listeners maybe they will on. also give us concussions okay last lacerations one. last one is um also america's got talent judge howard stern oh well no i think he's pro everything i think he really? comes off i think he's gotten softer over the years like, I think he comes off like he's this, like, but I think he's pro everything. I think his PR pro team is meaning like, like he's not for, su- yeah, he's in support yes. of not overturning these things. Yes. Um, I think his PR team was like, girl, you need to soften up. I think he I would know, say I love no the show now, but he used to be, yeah. What, did you used to listen to manager when you were younger? I was never a Howard Stern listener. I, I think he's gotten a whole lot better with age. I like, do too. I, I I do I do watch clips of him Same. now, um, but I I don't listen to the whole show. But when I was younger and like we we listened to uh, talk radio like in the shops I worked in, like sometimes he would be on, and I just found his show like it was just it was too scary. much. And it was like it was just he would speak about women really weirdly. But it was also like the early two thousands. But yeah, but I think he would be. Weird. 
probably pro everything except for maybe like student loans. But I don't know. You'd be against forgiveness? Here's the thing that we have to recognize is like, these are still rich people. Yeah. You know? And so, he, like, he's we can't an older think they're on our side. Judge Judy could literally, I believe, if you look at her net worth, like, pay off everyone's student loan. Yeah, yeah she's was, she really she low. so much money. Rich? She's yes. crazy rich. Good for her. Which I don't understand, but, like, I'm, I don't truly understand. I guess. All right, well, that's the end of, I didn't name this game. I gotta think of a name. Um, Gay for pay. Judge or, um, if you had to take one person off, off the Supreme Court, who would it be right now? Oh, Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they all. I, I, I went. I did. I have a real beef. I have real beef with Brett Kavanaugh on that beer that he loved. <laughs> in his ass, no less. In his ass. Well, that was part of the whole thing. Yeah, is is chugging. they were shut they up were boofing what? it. You didn't know about boofing? I don't think I caught that aspect of this. Yeah, apparently. We I mean, do that a whole was episode on boofing. That was in the calendars. I can't believe that that man is a Supreme Court justice. Hey, that's crazy. So I didn't watch the actual hearing and I remember the SNL skit with Matt Damon playing him and crying about Squee and Tobin and, yeah. and butt chugging. Oh my God. It was a great impression and it was actually really funny. I thought it was like way overblown and like, there's no way, like, this is crazy. Like, I thought those are all made up names. And then I watched the actual hearing and there he was crying about Tobin and Squee mm-hmm. and butt chugging. Yeah. He cried. Remember he cried? cried embarrassing women are uh famously too emotional to have jobs wow well this has been fun thank you for joining us today where we talk about our wonderful supreme court the uh scrotus of the united states just absolutely awful organization that we should totally abolish but i hope you all had a good holiday and some time off of work but did not celebrate this fucking dumpster fire of a country i'm andrew i'm erica And I'm Kirk. The best is yet to come! Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes. 